Hello and welcome to your new Touring Car Talk podcast with me, Russell, and me, Sam. Hello. Hi. We're uh, back up and running. I know. Good to be here. We thought we'd try something uh, a bit different. We've Indeed. Done, we've tried a podcast before, haven't we? We have. But yeah, Touring Cars is one of our, our joint passions. Um, has been for quite a while now. The seed of our friendship. Yeah. Probably the only thing that would keep us uh, friends. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I got into the touring cars probably ooh, early 2000s, maybe 2003, when Van Muller won the uh, championship. Yep, I was a bit later. I remember the Muller years and the Plato and Muller down the Brands Hatch, uh, Paddock Hill, Ben taking mm. each other out. Um, but I was more sort of involved from 2005, the Honda Integra years. Mm. Uh, Matt Neal. Yeah, I remember I went to Silverstone that year and saw Andrew, sorry, not Andrew Jordan, Andrew Jordan's dad. Yeah. Mike Jordan Mike. get put into the wall where both the Sayats driven by Plato and Thompson's uh, drive shafts broke almost at the same time. You know, yeah. not a at all scripted or conspiracy <laughs> moment at all. <laughs> so yeah, that's, and then of course we met at a race, or we sort of at a race. Yeah. Um, and at then Rockingham, it was Rockingham. Then we're both rocking the uh, RAC bags around the old the old comprehensive school, and uh, yeah. got well, really. Unfortunately, Rockingham is no longer on the. Uh, on the list of tracks that we go to. No, however... Bit, bit of a miss for me. Yeah, we're never going to see it again because it's going to be torn down for housing, yeah. which is a shame. However, I did see Rob Austin retweet something uh, a couple of days ago saying that Anglesey is currently working on uh, a British really? touring car track. Uh, that that so, would be good. So they've got a track up there already, Yeah. but they're looking to perhaps widen it to make it more BTC compliant. Um, yeah, certainly, I've seen many shows like uh, Fifth Gear and Top Gear go out there and do stuff. Um, it looks like a decent track. It does. And also, it stops us doing repeated tracks, which I know there's a limit to how many tracks can host the touring cars, yeah. but Thruxton twice, Brands Hatch twice. Brands Hatch, you get away with Brands Hatch because there are two different layouts, but Thruxton, it's very much the same thing, and you're going to come across the same tyre issues. It's not that exciting a race either. No. Do not kill twice. That's fantastic. Well... A bit of an intro to us, what our favourite drivers are. Yeah. Um, if you could have a top three in the championship right now, who would they be? Uh, Tom Ingram, uh, without a shadow of doubt, I think he's a real nice, humble chap. Um, a very good driver as well. Mm. I think yeah, we saw that last year. And for an independent to come that close to winning the, the title, yeah. um, in what is a very small team. He's got a great team behind him. He does, but he's very small when you yeah. look at some of the other teams on the grid. And he just seems a really nice chap as well. So I'm a big fan of Tom Ingram, both as a driver and as a chap. Similarly, Jack Goff, um, big fan of him. I think he's quite a funny, cheeky kind of chappy. Uh, good driver, good racer. Very lucky to have a drive this year. He was, but also he's one of the most, probably the biggest mourned loss, as it were. There's a lot of outcry when he said he wasn't going to race yeah. this season. Um, it was a very late deal, wasn't it? It was, but I think everyone's pretty glad to see him back on that grid. Definitely. Uh, I suppose my third one. Oh, who am I going to pick for the third one? Uh, probably Andrew Jordan actually, very good racer, very fair, clean racer most of the time, uh, an exceptional, again quite humble and again an exceptional driver, uh, whatever the weather, whatever train he's on. Yeah, he's showed his talent before hasn't he, winning the title, Yeah. Um, although it was what, three, four years ago oh, now? It's a way back, but, but all three of those drivers are still quite young, all quite humble and have got real championship uh, credentials. Yeah, I certainly agree with you, Tom Ingram's up there as one of my favourite drivers as well, got to meet him at... Snetterton last yep. season he's always willing to have a photo with you and uh, sign autographs uh, up there for me as well though has to be the other Tom Tom Chilton um, been in the championship from a very young age obviously went off to do well touring cars and has come back and last last season had a, a strong season finishing third I think the world touring cars has really improved him as a driver he's done several years in the touring cars you say but he hadn't really improved a great deal yeah. But I think he's really gone up a couple of steps, a couple of gears, if you pardon the pun, since um, since doing the World Touring Cars. Finished third in the World Touring Cars series, finished third in the Touring Cars last year. There's more to come from Tom Children for sure. Yeah, I certainly think he could have uh, title credentials this season. I'd agree. Um, um, finally, ooh, who would I go for? <laughs> I, I mean, for? I didn't go for Moffat, but he's up there. Uh, Moffat yeah, he and is. Um, Morgan. I like both the the Merck guys I have yeah, to they're, say. they're fairly underrated aren't they 
I think Morgan's incredibly underrated, I have to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think he is. Moving on, driver updates, driver changes, team changes. Where do you there, start? There it's been have a been lot. Loads, <laughs> loads at the start of this season. Something quite unprecedented. Obviously, we have a couple of drivers that you would expect to come into the championship this year. We've got yep. Robottom coming in from uh, the Clios. Yep. Um, but there are f- a fair amount of other new drivers. You've got a Michael Kreis, who was in the Genettas. He's so happy to be here, isn't He's he? He's so happy, I'm yeah. already, Only one racing, I'm already a big fan of him. I'm, yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do this year. Carl uh, Bordley, who was also in Genettas, obviously had a race at Knock Hill yeah, last, season, yeah. last season. Uh, and then we've got Rob Smith, you've got Osborne, you've got Mark Blundell coming in, yeah, former Le Mans winner. F1 driver as F1 well. F1 driver. Um, and of course Lewis's brother Nick Hamilton who yes. a couple of seasons ago he he had a drive in the championship last season was doing Clio's and uh, now he's part of the motorbase team yeah interesting probably <laughs> skim over that one I think um, the one well we might as well have a quick poll I think we'll probably both agree the one I'm most interested in seeing who performs out of that new driver list is Crease. I think I think he's he showed a little glimpse of it at Knock here, uh, sorry at Brands Hatch I think he could be I mean, he's not going to win the championship. It's not going to no. get silly, but he could be one to watch this year as the day de- as the debutant to watch. I, for me, I'd like to see how well Mark Blundell does and how well he adapts. Yeah, obviously in the races, he said it's totally different type of racing to everything else that he's been in before. Um, and people get their elbows out and lean on each other, and uh, he's going to have to adapt his driving style yeah. to what he's used to. Um, but obviously, we've seen the, in the opening weekend that that Audi can be quick. Absolutely, uh, and we'll get into the race. Robottom didn't have the best debut weekend. No. I hope things pick up for him because he's a he's a very talented driver. Yes. He was quick, quick in the Clio's last year, um, but yeah, not the best start for him. Shall we look at the teams that have stayed the same to try and get those out of yeah, the way? And there are only a the couple changes. Aren't so the team Halford, Uasa, or yeah, whatever Uasa Halford, yeah, whatever they are, they stay the same. Um, no return for Shedden. We have Matt Neal and Camish. Kamish deserves his second year. I thought yeah. he, you know, solid year last year. He won the um, Jack Sears Trophy. Yep. Um, as the best newcomer to the sport uh, that that season, and again, qu- good qualifier, consistent race finisher, deserves another chance. And yeah, they, they've kept their car the same as well. Which last season was their development season yep. for that car, um, and hopefully this season they'll be able to kick on and uh, win more races. Yep, absolutely. Um, I think that's pretty much the only team that's stayed the same, isn't it? Yeah, apart from obviously both the Mercedes, as we've mentioned, Robottom's come in alongside Morgan and Moffat, yeah. and he's replaced um, Tom Oliphant, who's gone to who's gone to WSR. Indeed. Well, it was it was a little surprise when we heard that. It was, but then when we spoke about it, we thought well, actually, you think about it, WSR have have obviously got a lot of money in Jordan Turkton. Yeah, they need to run a third car because yep. Jordan isn't technically WSR; it's nope. WSR with Pertec. So you've got you've got a limited who you can pick. You're not going to get Camish out of Halfords. You're not, and then you look. You're into sort of the who else can you put into that seat? Um, yeah, and many of the other better drivers are commanding higher fees, and there's obviously a price limit that they've got to go to. And I think that's probably the best they could have got. Well, also, the or, or they're deep into running their own teams. You could argue Morgan or Moffat probably yeah. deserve a, a promotion, as it were. But Morgan, you know, runs that Mag Sicily team very well. Moffat's got a lot of money tied up in his. Laser side tools. of things you know yeah. are you really going to pull them out of those teams not really you're not really going to you know not going to be able to so and to be fair Oliphant this weekend surprised me yeah you know? he was on the pace with Turkins yeah. all weekend yeah, he was consistent so we'll get into that uh, in a bit and of course moving into that new team they've got a new car as well the 3 Series yes. BMW moving from the Hatchback 1 Series into the Saloon this year um, we've seen the Saloon work previous Years, Turkington's Team RAC. Team RAC. Turkington's won the championship with them before, yep. so they've got proven pedigree in the sport. Um, but whether whether the slipperier slipperier saloon will work this year, it's um, it's yet to be seen because it was a changeable weekend. It was. I seem to remember that the last time the three series was in, the wet didn't agree with it. No. Um, it looked a bit sturdy this weekend, yep. but not as sturdy as some of the other cars on the grid in the wet. Um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting one to see there, how quickly they can get that developed. Um, interestingly, after the race, Turkey said that he's got to uh, adapt his driving style or get mm-hmm. used to this car of his driving style. 
I think Jordan's picked it up pretty quickly, as has Oliphant. Turk has been left behind a little bit. Um, yeah, well, even in qualifying, they said they sent all three cars out with different setups yeah. on to try and learn as much as possible. Because they haven't had much testing with that new car. No, it's a big risk. Cause it's the first time Colin's been able to defend his championship, of course. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's a big risk. It's a big risk for him. The biggest changes are really at BMR and PMR. So yeah. we've seen a lot of falling outs or <laughs> hints of falling outs between Plato and the BMR team. So he has left. His honeymoon period of them is over. And jump he, ship. He has jumped ship to bit of a throwback for him back in the Vauxhall yep. um, with Powermaxed with Powermax and with Rob Collard yeah. um, a good solid team there of veteran professionals in the sport very experienced and they know what the sport's about and hopefully they're two drivers that can push the team forward obviously they had good results last season um, with a couple of wins I believe yeah Senna got a couple of wins but they're a team that needs to make progress in my eyes they are but they've got the car and they've now got a Plato who's got nowhere to hide. Yeah. And in fairness to him, we'll get to the qualifying, but he's got nowhere to hide and he's stuck it on the front row of the grid. Yeah. Um, he's back in a front-wheel drive car. I don't think he's like the rear-wheel drive Subaru in the last couple of seasons. No, I don't think he could get to grips with driving that car. Um, but he's got nowhere to hide. He you know, he can't blame the car this year. He's got to perform. Um, and I'm, I hope Conor can go the distance. Mm. Obviously, he couldn't finish the season last year with WSR for health reasons. I hope that he can see the season out and get a good couple of results of course with Plato leaving BMR there was a spare seat Sutton retained his drive there unsurprisingly um, he seems to have, from day one got the best out of that car I've always seen seen him as a team leader there yeah. um, and as you say he's got the best out of the car he's won the championship with it if Venice is certain any car he gets and he gets the best I mean but the he MG does. days where him and Cook used to get so much out of an MG that now finishes about the back of the grid more often than not so yeah. Um, and yeah. he's got alongside him Senna Proctor. Big, big risk for Senna. He's at a team that was, not, it was almost built around him at PMR. Mm. Um, he brought so a lot of money into that team. Certainly last year when he was teammates with Cook, I think it was built more around Proctor than it was Cook. Perhaps the year before with Chilton, it was more about Tom Chilton, which mm. is fair enough. So it's a big risk for him um, to go to a team that is got a few black dots against it shall we say yeah obviously yeah. They've, they've dropped one of their cars this year yeah um, whether that's down to financial issues or through choice I think the last the former is probably more likely yes and you, you can understand why Proctor has been signed to that team why they've looked to get him in because he does bring a lot of sponsorship with him yeah he does he brings a lot of sponsorship with him uh, I believe he's good friends with Sutz anyway yeah um, but I say for him that's a big risk for Proctor who's in a good team where he was yep. he's, I'm not saying that then BM are a bad team but that's a, that's a big leap for him uh, Tom Ingram is back in the championship this time racing uh, a brand new Toyota Corolla very interested to it see how he gets good, on there oh it looks so good and also a quick word on that I mean it, it's not been gone under the radar or underrated but that's so impressive for an independent to get a team mm. backing uh, yeah. that just highlights how good a driver he just is Basically, off his performance in the last two years, yeah. Toyota have gone. Oh, you're doing that in our car, are you? Yeah. Okay, well, we want to stick our name to that yeah. and uh, give you that backing that you can go on and promote promote our car to the top. And we understand they'll be running two cars next year. Mm. Um, do you want to do the speculation now <laughs> on who that may be? Well, unfortunately, we have lost a fairly key driver off the grid this year in Rob Austin. We have, um, but there's there's speculation through his. Uh, social media pages that he was working for uh, Tom's team this weekend there's a, a media representative and a brand ambassador for one of uh, Tom's sponsors that was previously one of Rob's sponsors yeah um, so he's, he's also changed his Twitter bio to say he's on a sabbatical from the touring cars yeah. of course we were under the impression he had a two year deal with the uh, Alfa Romeo Giletta uh, yeah we, we were both surprised to see that Hang on, going through the list of drivers, where, where's the Alpha gone? We always expected to be the first name announced, weren't we? Yeah. Um, but he's not. Potentially the teammate for Tom Ingram next year. I'd, I'd love to see it. I'd love to see it as well. But we'll get back to the teams that actually are in. So going back to Motorbase, um, Chilton retained, no surprise there. No. Hamilton has taken <laughs> over, toured off as sort of the third yeah. official, unofficial car. It's not fully Motorbase, it's no. Motorbase with Rocket, isn't yeah. it? We've also got from this season Ollie Jackson, who last year was in the Audis, which mm. Blundell and Hill have now taken over. Yep. Um, we'll get to those two in Obviously, a moment. Obviously, James Cole's been dropped, didn't perform too well last season, um, and you can understand why they've looked at someone else, really. Again, I'm slightly surprised they didn't retain Tordoff, I have to say. Um, well, I, I think Tordoff has 
seen an opportunity moving into a, a Honda Civic. Yep, that is true. Uh, yeah. Along with Rory Butcher in the RCIB AMD. Yeah. They're going to be cars. they're going to be a team to watch because there's two very good drivers there. Yep. in a very very good, good chassis. chassis. They're not the only Honda Civic on the grid. Let's talk nope. BTC Norlin. Uh, Josh Cook. Yeah. Back with um, Chris Smiley, both race winners, <clears throat> both quite experienced in the sport, and as we understand following um, from Cook interview, they are sharing data with Team Dynamics this season. Yeah, I mean they've got the new Civic in there as well. They they had a decent season last season with the old Civic. Um, and it looks like a step forward again for them this season. Yeah, be interesting how well that performs. Uh, BTC Northern last year, not particularly close to the pace, um, but early indications are good for them, but we'll, we'll get onto that in a moment. The last real team to discuss, um, actually there's two teams, we've got Team Hard, yep. who are running four Volkswagens. Four Volkswagens, as they did last season, yep. obviously. We're hoping there won't be as much rotation with drivers. They used eight drivers last season. I think we'll see two stuck with throughout the season in Goff and Bobby Thompson. And yeah. I, I fear Crease and Bordy may be rotated as the season goes on. Yeah, um, I think with those two, it's down to how much funding they've got behind them. Yeah. We'll see Thompson was there last season and did a fairly solid job. Yeah, did okay. Um, and Goff, well, we know what Goff's like. He should be able to have the backing to be there all season and be their effective lead driver. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, be interesting if Hard do run all four and how well they finish. Um, but, yeah, don't be surprised if we do see driver changes there throughout the mm. season. Uh, particularly, of course, as they have things in other championships. They're running Clio's this year. I believe they're running yeah. the Genetta as well. Yeah. Um, so they may swap and uh, swap through those drivers as well. Uh, the other main team, as it, as it were, is um, Hill and Blundell, who are both in the Audis. Both in the Audis, yeah. It's a car last season that didn't perform to expectation. Albeit in the hands of relatively rookie drivers. Yes. Um, and this season they brought in Jake Hill, who has been in the championship before. I know you don't like him. Um, He's not my favourite on the grid, let's put it that way. <laughs> but he's shown this weekend that there is pace in the car as well. Um, and Blundell bringing in bags of experience, obviously not quite in the same form of car, but he could be someone that will gradually rise throughout the season, I think. Indeed. Okay, well that covers the driver updates and team updates. There's obviously a few independents, but we can't name all of them. Uh, once we'll be here for yep. hours. Uh, Jelly back, of course. Uh, yeah. much, much to your delight. And and Simpson. Oh, of course, and Simpson. He had such a poor weekend, I forgot he was around. Yep. Um so, before we go on to look at the championship changes and have a quick look at brands as well, um, it'd be silly to progress about asking what your favourite livery is, obviously. What car Ooh. looks the best for you? Now, when first shots were released of the Corolla in that like yeah, camo. Cam camo livery that we've seen many F1 teams do, it looked fantastic. And I think the livery that they bought with them is good this yeah, season nice. as well. Um, to be fair to Tom, he's always had good deliveries on that car. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't look too busy like some other cars, like the Astra. The Astra for um, me has got the worst livery, I have to say. Yeah, there, uh, there's a lot of sponsorships uh, on there. Along with Team Hard. Team Hard have got so many colours across their cars. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, either, either the Toyota or the just the pure simplicity of the BTC Norlin guys. Yeah, I was going to say, the BTC Norlin guys are up there for me. I really do like that paintwork. Mm. Um, I don't like the WSR's livery. I like Jordan's. I think Jordan's really? works better with the shape. I don't think WSR's works with the shape. I, I think it's classic for the BMW M Sport badge, though, isn't it? It is, but I don't like it. Fair enough. Um, I like Ingram's you mentioned. I think, yeah, BTC Norland's my favourite. Up there, actually, also with the um, Butcher and... Uh, the RCIB Yeah, Civics. the RCIB Civics. I like the... It didn't work on the MG so much last year. Yeah, it, works, the same. it works on a smaller car. Yeah, it, it? I like the blue and orange either mm. side. I like that. Um, yeah, I think that's really, really smart. So, yeah, I think. And Moffat and uh, Morgan always make those mercs are beautiful in the yeah. red and the blue. Um, again, just quick word. I don't like I don't like Team Dynamics. I don't like the white. No, there's too much white on it this we year. We grew up with there? orange or black. Yeah. Or a mixture of the two, but in either fully orange with black trim or fully black with orange trim. Where's the white coming from yeah, all of a sudden? Not a fan of that at all. I think that might be the URASA sponsorship. Don't like it. Don't like it. And Simpsons, 
That's made, managed to make a very nice car and the Civic look very, very ordinary. I'm not a fan of Simpsons livery at all. No, it's a bit hectic, isn't it? And the Astra is very hectic as well. Yeah. I don't like the Astra's colour scheme. They've tried to go classic in the red, black and uh, white and the, for me they've missed the mark. Mm. But anyway, that's the liveries critiqued. Quick chat about championship changes. Um, yeah, a few few little rule changes this season. Yep. Some that have been uh, a little controversial in this first round. Obviously, the main one being on starting grid. Oh, um, yes. With so last season, you were able to roll your wheels up to the white grid box that you had, and you weren't allowed to proceed beyond that before the start of the race. Now this yep. season, they changed it that the front of the car has to be behind. The grid box. There could be no protrusion of the car over the white line. Now, whether that is over the back of the white line or the front of the white line is possibly up to interpretation. I haven't seen the full rule book. No, it would appear that drivers are erring on the side of caution and being fully behind the white yes. line. We saw some incredible gaps. Yeah, between. I know. Some people were like a foot, foot and a half yeah. back from the white line, which you, you're giving away that on the grid. You, you, you are, could make a poor start. I do sympathise with the marshals to a point because it's a lot easier to see if a car's doing a, a rolling or a jump start with the uh, if the whole car's behind the line. If just the wheels, it's very difficult to see if the wheels are creeping, yeah. I think. So I can sympathise to why they've done the rule. I think, as with, as of any sport and rule change, I think it's a bit akin to football where for the first few weekends, every tug in the box is a penalty and then it goes away. Uh, I think they'll be very hot on it. And the other problem as well is that it's a steward's based um, penalties, yeah, it is, it is. the stewards are different at every yeah. track and I'm a little bit concerned by the consistency of this across the board. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how consistently and fairly it gets um, gets instructed on each weekend. Well there's an argument, it wasn't even consistent in this race, um, yeah. it appeared um, that Josh Cook was over the line in the second race and oh, not penalised. Uh, and obviously Plato was over it in race one quite clearly. Quite clearly. Quite um, clearly. And got penalised for it, which he wasn't too pleased for about. No, but I think that's just frustration on his part. He's finally got a car to the front of the grid for mm. God knows how long. Uh, but it's a fair penalty in, in the sense that that is the rule. Um, but it's got to be consistent. Uh, the other changes include ballast. Yep. Um, we've had a reduction in the most ballast carried by the winner in race one, yep. uh, down from 75 kilos to 54 um, and the, the gaps between the ballasts have be become closer as well going uh, 48, 42, 36, 30, 24, 18, 12 and 2 at 6 which I don't quite understand. Um, I suppose I suppose that they basically reduce it by 6 each level down. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm quite a fan of this change. I think too often last season we saw ballast really hurt the cars yeah. and I get that you don't want them to dominate a weekend, that's why we've not seen somebody win all three races since I believe nearly the Integra days, I don't think we've seen a It was a long while ago Yeah, and I get why you don't want that domination because it's what keeps it exciting, that's why we had so many race winners last yep. year, it's why the championship more often not goes to the last weekend, mm -hmm. completely appreciate that, but there was too often last year that because the cars are all such different shapes now, that you know, for example, yeah, especially with running, if you're unlucky to be running the soft tyre in race two, you're you're almost getting double doubly yep. penalised by the weight that you'd be carrying. Yeah, um, and I think lowering the weight threshold, it it levels it out, and you don't drop as far down the yeah, grid, and I, you've got something to to defend, to defend. Yeah, I agree. It makes it competitive without making uh, a car dominate. So I yep. think I think that's probably a good rule change on the whole. Yep. And the only point is the tyres now, uh, you must run the soft. Yeah, so we, we had an incident this, this weekend because in the first race it was partially wet, partially yep. dry. We had drivers running wet and some running dry tyres, which we'll come on to. Um, but if drivers were meant to be running that soft tyre in race one, then they have to run it in the next available race, whether that's race two or race three, depending on the weather conditions. <sighs> which I don't like. No, I know you don't like it, but... I understand it because some drivers may get away with not running the soft tyre of the weekend. Well, that's something you select that you have to run the soft tyre at some point. Mm. For my, my main example to why I don't like this is, and I'll use Jason Plato to, to highlight the point, his race was ruined because for a fair drive through penalty, but yep. you know, his race was ruined, he was put to the back of the grid for the second race essentially because he couldn't get through, you know, by the time he'd done the pit, mm. he was at the back of the grid. He then had to run the soft tyre in the second race, meaning he couldn't get any progress through the field whatsoever, mm. meaning that his whole weekend was a complete write-off in the end. Now, perhaps 
I wouldn't mind so much if that's the rule with the top 15 cars, maybe. Yeah. So if you're finishing the top 15... But then, then you could quite easily say, well, it's unfair to the first lot, and then it's, it's with running the weight as well. Yeah. I, Obviously, I don't think there will be too many weekends where we'll have a downpour in the first race and then it'll be dry in the next. You say that. Knock Hill's potential. Knock Hill is Knock potential, potential, yes. Um, Silverstone always has wet, dry races often. We, we were there last year and they weren't yeah. changed almost by the hour. Um, let's see how it goes. It may just be teething problems in the, mm. you know, and highlighted because it's the start, first race of the season. I just looked at how it affected Plato's race and let's say this happens at uh, the second Thruxton visit yeah. when the title's on the line. I'm not. Well, of course, yeah. it, it won't be happening at Thruxton anyway because they're not allowed to run the soft tyre. Okay, well, a later. <laughs> a later. Right, let's yeah. say it happens well, at Thruxton. I, un- I understand what you, you mean. Know, yeah, a later yeah. race. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we'll see how that works. On the whole, I'm quite happy with the rule changes this season. Um, and we'll, well, we'll see how well they're enforced. That's yep. the, always the. Obviously, the other rules that we have already in place are a point for pole. Yeah. Um, a point for leading a lap. Yeah. Um, and also the point for fastest lap. Indeed. Which uh, more points available, more points to play for, basically. It's what makes it exciting. Yeah. It's what makes the championship exciting. Well, that's sort of the background and build up to the new season uh, dealt with. We're hopeful for a very good season ahead. The BTCC championship never uh, disappoints, mm-hmm. so hopefully we'll, uh, we'll see another strong year. Uh, probably now time to look through and to discuss Brands Hatch as the weekend. Qualifying report. Uh, again, the grid is so close. Yes, very close. Um, in a, a wet session that yep. was interrupted by three red flags. Um, yeah. Obviously, if you create a red flag in qualifying this year, you get docked your fastest time. Yeah. And you're not allowed to compete in the rest of the session. Yeah, which is a bit harsh. Which is very harsh, I think. Um, having almost a double whammy there. Yeah. If you if you've gone off. Set your first time and you've gone off like um, Jackson did. Yeah. Um, you you lose your fastest time and you get put to the back, basically, and it already starts you off on a bad foot. Yeah, especially if you only manage one lap before you go off and yeah. you're absolutely up. up Fair enough. If, you, if you've gone into the wall and you've absolutely wrecked your car, then you don't expect to come back out. But if you've gone off, rolled off into the gravel like we've had in a wet session, yeah. and you can get it out, then, I've, yes, lose your fastest time, but... The car may be full of gravel. You you're probably not going to push as hard once yeah. you've gone off. You're not going to set as quick a time. I, I think I think it's one or the other for me. Although yeah. I suppose from the marshal's point of view and the rulemaker's point of view, you're, you this is trying to eliminate the chance of tactical crashes in qualifying mm. to benefit your teammate or your team, um, particularly as we get throughout the season. If for whatever reason you need the session to stop early or. Yeah. Doing this, I think, is a harsh enough penalty to make drivers think twice about potentially trying to cause a yeah. or manipulate a situation for the team. I don't think it's ever actually happened in the touring cars. To be fair, we've seen it in F1 a couple mm, of times. The certainly. Alonso Singapore uh, mm. safety car incident. Yeah, and but, uh, Schumacher parking it at Monaco. Oh yes, and um, Alonso parking it in front of Hamilton at um, yep whatever Hungary. race that was Hungary. So look, I don't think that it's a blight on the on the sport, but I can see why they're trying to to eliminate that. Um, particularly as the championship gets ever ever closer. Uh, talking of qualifying, Sutton put in the car on pole. Does what Sutton does in the wet. He, Beast. That Subaru is just almighty in him, in his hands in the wet. Yeah, we saw it last season, and to be a tenth and a half quicker. In touring car terms, that's a lot. Oh, it's huge. Considering what the top ten is covered by just over half a second. Indeed. Um, what was interesting is that then the next three are all new uh, BMWs, which was interesting. Um, Obviously, we said that Plato yes. put it on the front row as well, yeah. and then yeah, three new three, three BMWs. BMWs. Neil and Cameron qualifying well. Ingram did well to get into the top sort of ten with with the car. Uh, his first you know, race weekend. That top ten in qualifying, you could quite easily see him, in, maybe in a different order, but you could quite easily see him it be the top ten final in the championship. Yeah, yeah. Um, top quality drivers who we expect to be up there. Uh, Oliphant did well on his debut for BMW. Um, he did. There are a few drivers that were out of position. I'd say Morgan Moffat down in twenty second, twenty third. 
poor showing from the Mercedes. Don't think they've quite got a wet setup for that yet. I agree to point. Moffat got blocked on his fastest lap, yeah. which is a problem. Brands Hatch uh, short is always a problem for this sort of thing because there's yeah. it's a 30 car grid and it's a 54 second lap yeah. or less. Um, I've said before, I'm not convinced the qualifying system works for the touring cars uh, anymore due to the size of the grid. I'm, I'm much more of a fan of splitting the field into mm. sort of tranches of 10. Well, we've seen it done in Clio's a couple of seasons ago when the field was so big that they split them into two qualifying sessions and then you take take the grids from the best times. Yeah, which I think is fair. I think there's time still on the Saturday. We went to yeah. the Silverstone full weekend last year and there's plenty of time to run to yeah. run the two sessions, you know. Just split it 15-15. I think you probably, mm. you know, it's particularly a short track like Brands, when you get to the bigger tracks like Donington or Silverstone, it's not as such a problem. No. The smaller, quicker tracks, Brands, Thruxton, yeah. um, you know, you're looking at tracks. Knock Hill. Knock Hill's terrible for it because yeah. it's so small. Yeah, yeah. I think you, it just helps to eliminate these, these sorts of um, yeah. discrepancies. The drivers are always going to be unhappy when they're getting blocked on their fastest laps. Yeah. And you can put him somewhere. Yeah. Uh, Jelly did well, but then got put to the back of the grid for failing ride height. I have no yeah. sympathy for anyone that fails a ride height test, no. um, unless it's in the ridiculous conditions we saw in Knock Hill last year, yeah. where the cars were damaged by the lakes they were driving through. But I mean, yeah, you should be able to get your ride height set up properly. That should be checked before you go out, really. So, uh, and I suppose the only other surprise surprises in qualifying was Blundell very low down the grid. Yeah. Didn't really get the best out of that car in the qualifying session. I thought Tordoff had done well considering he had his fastest time taken away because he caused a red flag. Yeah. Um, didn't go out for the rest of the session. Still qualified ninth. Yeah. Cook put that BTC Norden quietly up the grid. Yeah. Um, just in range, wasn't it? Just in range, as we'll come to. Race one. Race one was an interesting affair, shall we say? Uh, mixed grid, well, mixed weather. The morning was interesting. We didn't think it was going to get started, did we? Um, half uh, eleven was the scheduled start time, and what quarter to eleven there was fog th as thick as you'd see on the North Sea. Yeah. And miraculously, the race started on time. Yeah. And there were there were changeable conditions. Some drivers going out onto the grid on slicks and thinking yeah there's enough grip here and others thinking nah I don't want to risk it and nine of the top ten went on wet tyres they did much to their demise <laughs> <laughs> the problem was we had this couple of seasons it was last season wasn't it actually where they uh, this similar situation occurred yeah final final race final race um, and interestingly you know, people like Hill and Chilton didn't want to get caught out again yep. uh, and they went for the slick gave it a risk. Um, you can see why the wet was used. It was a very damp track and they started. Yeah. Because of course, they hadn't had a chance to have any of the support races no. because of the fog. So the track hadn't been dried at all. Um, but in hindsight, it wasn't wet enough for the wets. Um, Not at all. Although for the first couple of laps, people on the slick struggling to get warmth into the tyres dropped back a bit. Obviously I think Cook, yeah, who eventually went on to win the race, dropped from 10th back to 16th. Around about lap 4 to 6 is where the slicks started to carve the yeah. way through the field, wasn't it? Um, yeah, and once they did, they were, what, second and a half, two seconds quicker than those on wet. Yeah. And it, it was easy pickings. It looked like they they were running different engines at some point. Yeah, Plato, of course, had his drive-through penalty. He would then later stop to change the uh, tyres to slicks, see yep. if he could get up through the through the pack. Or even fastest lap. Or even fastest lap, yeah. Unfortunately, he did miss out on. He did, um, but he did manage to get himself up the grid. Um, he did. Uh, albeit slightly. Um, so looking at the end result then, Cook finished the race, uh, well... Strongly, although in traffic. Again, the, but the cars wouldn't move out of the way for him. He got no, caught up in traffic. Hamilton in particular wouldn't get out of his way. Yep. Um, but equally, as, as Harvey mentioned in the commentary, Cook just needed to calm down a bit. You know, yeah. It was the last lap of the race. You were going to win. Yeah. Don't do not do a Verstappen and take yourself out here. You, you know, just just sense. No, although in that final lap, I believe he lost nearly five seconds yeah. in traffic. Yeah. But equally, as the point was made, you've got to get through that, as has everybody else behind you. So just yeah. calm down, get through it, you're going to be okay. Jake Hill took second, um, a strong showing from him. Very strong showing. Um, particularly in a car that we weren't expecting to be particularly strong uh, no, after. I mean, he has local track knowledge as well. He knows he what the conditions do to the track, um, and, that, and that served him well. But we saw last year that the um, that car wasn't particularly quick, no. so it, it was interesting to see how close he got to the front of the grid. And Mr. Consistent, Tom Chilton, yeah. on the podium, 
his gamble paid off. Um, he was quite smug of himself for making that decision, yeah. um, shall we say? But fair play, he made he made the right decision for sure. Uh, two stunning drives from the Mercs. Obviously starting in what 20, oh. 22nd, 23rd. Yeah, Moffat and Morgan both on slicks come through to fourth and fifth. Yeah. It's a storming drive. And big shouts to Bobby Thompson as well, uh, finishing yeah. sixth. He again went for the slick option. Uh, um, actually, him and Jelly both impressed me in this race. Jelly from the back of the grid, don't forget, yeah. finished seventh. Pretty impressive. And Bobby Thompson setting fastest lap in this race as well. He did indeed. Gains him an extra point um, and a bit of cred- credibility within the field because last season he didn't didn't show much. No, um, but this is a it's a strong performance for him. He, he believes he, he he belongs here, belongs at the front. Yep, he, good evidence there. Uh, big shout out to Michael Crease to get uh, points finish in your debut race. Fair play, son. Um, yeah, I think he's really caught the imagination of the touring car fans just with his general demeanour and happiness to be here. We've had a lot of curmudgeonly uh, sad people should we say Matt Neal and Jason Plato among them um, and it's nice to have someone who's just so genuinely in love with the sport. Talk, um, talking of Matt Neal uh, finished eighth, first of the runners on the wet tyres yep. five laps before the end it did start to rain again. It did. Um, and it almost levelled out the competition between the slicks and the wets yeah I think Neil showed his experience in this race yeah. um, he, you know, he he drove what he had to drive he got the car to work as best it could in the conditions um, he, yeah Fini- as you say finished the best out of the wet as you say finished the best out of the wets and didn't really lose anything either when you look at where he started on the grid I think he dropped two places yeah. so not, not a terrible result for Matt Neil there Someone who did have a, a bad first race and didn't really go on to a great showing all weekend was Sam Tordoff. Um, yes. When came off, uh, pulled up early in the race, whether it was mechanical or a damage issue, um, but obviously first to pull off the race, you finish last, you then, it's a knock-on effect for the rest of the weekend starting from last in the second race. Yeah, yeah, he did impress me. Robot had a particularly poor race as well. Um yeah. And interesting to see just how quickly those BMWs lost their pace. I mean, Turks have finished a lap down. Yep. Oliphant's near enough at the back of the grid, more or less. Jordan only just crept into to the, the points. points. I know they're on the wrong tyres, but my fears of the BMW and anything other than dry conditions uh, mm. were realised a little bit in this race. Like, we can't draw too many uh, you know, conclusions. conclusions, that's the word, thank you, from only one race in odd conditions. but. Yeah. The BMW never has looked particularly strong in anything other than dry conditions. It's a dry race. Race two, yep. which the BMWs were certainly glad for. Um, obviously, started in race finishing order of race one with the ballast added. Yep. Um, and I think, yes, the ballast showed. Cook dropped down to what seven. He did. Another crucif. Cook. He stayed himself in the points. Yeah, and kept in a chance of a reverse grid, but that's yes. always the key for the second race. So, good drive from him. Yeah, um, Jake Hill, who finished second, did well with the weight on board. Finished fourth. Yeah, he didn't do too badly, particularly when you consider that he had Morgan come through um, in a lighter car, yeah. and it took towards the end for Morgan to get through as well. Yeah. It could have been any one of those pack. I mean, really, third could have gone to any one of Morgan Hill, Ingram, or Jelly at the end. Yeah. If it was that close. But then Chilton, who finished third, had less weight on board than Hill, and finished ninth. Yeah, that was a particularly poor showing by Thomas, expecting better from him. But again, points finish. Mm. He, he gets himself in the points and that's why he's always there or thereabouts. Um, concern for the Subaru. Really? Yes. Straight line? Straight line. <laughs> we know that the Subaru is never particularly quick on Not a straight line. We know that Sutton makes up his his races in the corners and on, especially on the brakes on, on the brakes the Subaru is so well set up to go around the corners it has he, to be said he was outstanding into Graham Hill his, this weekend his move on Cook was sublime a yeah. millimetre out and they're both in the well, it's not a wall but they're both in the gravel um, yeah. it's a sublime move but Jordan basically drove around him in the end yeah he, he did came from what 15th to come through and win that race and yeah. that that car looked so quick in that second race. It did. Whether he just nailed the setup. Um, obviously, Turkington and Olofan didn't do great. They no. only just came through into the points. 
There is talk already of whether the BMW needs toning down the same way the Subarus were a few seasons ago. It was ago. quick in a straight line. It was quick in a straight line. However, I think we only need to remember that Jordan was on the better, t- the best tyre choice. Yes. Um, we know the Subaru has never been quick, oh. and Jordan didn't actually get away from Morgan Hill, etc. If they'd got past Sutton sooner, I think it'd have been a closer race if they got past. So I think the main problem in this race, which made the BMW look so fast was the fact that Sutton was a roll, rolling roadblock for, for the cars yeah. behind him. Yeah, being on that soft tyre really, in the conditions there were at Brands this weekend, it was dire for that soft tyre. Just couldn't get into um, any heat into no. it and it went off a cliff. No, Sutton defended very, very, very well. Uh, resolute. Resolute defending. Jordan with a nice pass on him. Clean, yeah. fair, let's say drove around the outside. There's a brilliant moment where Morgan was trying to get down the inside of Hill, going around the outside. It was kind of <laughs> quite a tight going into Paddock Hill Benz you're thinking oh my word they're all going to end up off here good driving good driving particularly considering Hill has a little bit of reputation for being a little bit silly when it comes to Mm. overtaking but we'll get to that in the third race (laughs) Um, another strong performance from Rory Butcher uh, into the points again he's finding a bit of consistency now interesting that the two Hondas fell down the grid and fell down the order as the lighter cars came through Um, the only other sort of uh, instead of noting this race is when Robot and Nathan Count Chilton trying to get to the pit lane. Oh God, it's like he'd forgotten to use his mirrors. Uh, I know Chilton was catching him fairly quickly coming out of um, the final clearways. Clearways. Um, coming onto the straight, but Robot was started moving across, started moving across, and we got an onboard from uh, another driver. And I think you know. But yeah, it was close. Came, came through that situation unscathed. Unfortunately, he didn't come out for the rest of that race he didn't no uh, Moffat fell completely down the grid and out of the points but he had contact to the rear yeah. which um, ruined his race um, he's never been particularly strong with luck Moffat but he's always quick so we'll see how he does throughout the season uh, of course the crucial re- um, results in race 2 are getting in that section for the reverse grid from yep. position 6 to 12 um, which as you say Cook did that finished seventh you need to keep in contention um, and the reverse grid number that was drawn out was Matt Neal in 11th indeed his his reverse grid luck seems is up there isn't it hot balls yes <laughs> <laughs> I guess of course um, so yeah race two was particularly uneventful apart from the the, uh, the, the Sutton bit of the front A typical race, race three, three. Where it's the last one of the weekend and everyone seems to go hell for leather and they don't get told to calm down. No, should we start with the Hill and uh, Sutton instance? Yeah. So Sutton was uh, passed fairly early on by Jelly um, into Druids. Yep. And then Hill decided to try and do a Sutton down Graham Hill bend. Jelly, might I say, what a lightning start. Oh gosh, yes, yes, you're absolutely right. He was, so he started six on the grid, yeah. and by turn three he was in the lead. Yeah. And Demon start. It was obviously obviously one of the rear wheel drive um, cars up there with Jordan Sutton, but I don't know, he just hooked it up. Yeah, he reckons he was on a slight hill or mm. downhill gradient, which gave him that extra little bit of boost. I mean, this does to me kind of just make a farce of trying to make the grid starts fair by being behind the white line. But if you mm. want to tone down grid starts take very rural drive cars don't you? reduce the traction or something because yeah. you know, in the first race Plato was left by the first corner by the rear wheel drive cars yep. um, we know they're quick off the line is that is that more of an advantage than being a centimetre over your box I'd argue probably is but mm. I'm sure that they, they have their reasons but yes the, the Hill and Sutton incident coming out of Druids <sighs> yeah so where do you apportion blame on this? 90-20. Sorry, 90-10. 90-20? Maths is good. 110% effort. 90 Hill, 10 Sutton. Now, Sutton has moved across. He has moved across the line slightly. Uh, you, you expect that being the driver in front trying to defend yeah. your position going into Graham Hill. Yeah, he perhaps should have checked the mirrors and seen how how far Hill back, how far behind Hill was. But equally, Hill reckoned in his interview after he, he was, was alongside halfway, the car. Halfway which, down the inside. Which, which he wasn't. By the replays, he definitely wasn't. Um, no and his bumper-to-bumper contact, yeah. which ultimately led to both their demise. Uh, yeah. Sutton spinning down the road into the barrier. Taking out his rear bumper. Yeah. Hill seemingly damaged, which affected his, yeah. his wheels, etc. Um, I think Hill needs to back off at this point. I think he needs to release the uh, release the 
throttle and just, just yeah, back down a, slightly. a little more experience. You would you would waited your turn, and if you are truly faster, then uh, you would have got him later in the race. Unfortunately, Hill does suffer from these incidents where he mm. seems to be a little bit over exuberant uh, and a little bit crashy. Um, <laughs> crashy, a little bit crashy, shall we say? Um, yeah, a slight disappointed in Hill on that because I, I think he would have got past Sutton mm. quite comfortably. Um, just yeah, experience, just be a bit more savvy when doing an overtake, I think. So yeah, 9010. Uh, the other big incident in this race uh, was the Chilton pass on Neil, <laughs> which <has laughs> obviously had a lot of contention after the race as well. Yes. Well, let's say that Neil was on the uh, a tyre that was quickly failing. Yes, d- despite his comments after the race saying that Dynamics would be able to take a soft tyre to the end of the race on consistent speed. You you could see how Jelly got past. Yep. That he was consistently quicker. Yep. Um, and there was there wasn't much competition between them. No, and Chilton's quicker. Yeah. Neil's tyres were starting to go off, which is you know I know he got damaged as well, but he was falling. Yeah, he was going to fall down the grid. He was not going to get that car to a win. No. Neil said it's a classic push to pass. Which, how many decades has he been uh, doing that for it's now? It's infringed his copyright, isn't it? That's the problem. Yeah. That's, his, that's his patented move, isn't it? Chilton even said after the race that he t- taught him that 15 years ago when they were teammates. Paul O'Neill made a similar comment afterwards saying that in 2003 that he was leading the race and Neil did that to him yeah. and Neil got booed over the line. So, uh, to me, I don't think it is a particularly horrendous push to pass. I no. think Chilton's alongside... Uh, before the contact is made, the door handle, door handle, almost yep. when the contact is made. I don't think Chilton's pushed him off the line to get through. Um, I didn't, I didn't allow before Neil do exactly the same on Jelly, or am I yeah. imagining things it, misremembering? Exactly. There, there's not much difference between the two passes, um, but obviously, after the race, stewards have agreed that a time penalty should be added to Chilton, which obviously finishing first on the road. Five seconds added, finished second eventually, um, which seen, meant that Rory Butcher came through for his first win. He did, we'll get to that in a minute, because what's interesting is that Jelly and Neil also had a moment together, of course, mm. coming down Graham Hill, where um, Jelly tags the back of Neil, yep. almost spins him round, doesn't quite, but then gives the place back. Yes. So Jelly doesn't get penalised for what is, in my opinion, a much worse and more stupid oh, yeah. move than Tom Chilton's, but because he gave the place back... Neil's all fine and happy with that. He, yeah. he oh, respects him giving him the place back. But so do we feel that Chilton's radio engineer should have come on and said, we assume they didn't, um, mm. and said, look, we, it's a little bit iffy, we think you should be okay, but just give him the place back because you're going to get past him anyway. Yeah. Now, I don't necessarily blame Tom for not doing so because in his eyes and indeed most of the racing community's eyes, it's a fair pass. Yes. Um, yeah, but I think Tim Harvey, you and I both said that when we saw the race yeah Paul um, O'Neill I mean everyone you spoke to yeah apart from Matt Neal apart from Matt Neal and Team Dynamics seemed to think it was a fair pass now so I can I can sympathise why Chilton didn't give the place back but I think he's going to be the, the guinea pig as it were but I think this is only going to uh, lead to if you're in any way unsure about your move to get a position yep. if you're in any doubt give it back um, because that seems to be the way to avoid a penalty which I personally think it's ludicrous because say Jelly's instance is a lot more dangerous and the, to be honest a bit more stupid and foolhardy than well there were more consequences for it in the final lap Neil's coming down Paddock Hill bend and one of the either toe links or drop links snapped yeah. and he's having to drag the arse of the car around for the rest of the lap to get over the line which but dropped him from what third to Eighth, but because Jenny getting the place back is fine. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. As I say, there's always teething problems at the start of uh, any championship. I'm not particularly fond of how this one has gone, but look, I think Chilton's a bit unlucky. But he's still got a second out of the. It's a, it's a wrap of a good weekend. Two podiums, uh, yeah. three points finishes. Um, but one, one small piece of uh, bad luck in that race as well for Andrew Jordan. Obviously, started on pole from yeah. winning race. Uh, Started 11th from winning race two. Yeah. Uh, had contact early on, rear bumper had been torn apart, and then slides wide at a paddock hill bend. Yeah. And as Tim Harvey likes to call it, got the meatball flag um, yes. and had to come in and have that sorted and finish well outside the points. But before we finish uh, the roundup, just yeah, big, big congrats to Butcher. He's a, yeah. you know, he's a, a staple of the sport. It's good to see him, you know. 
He looked. He, to fair, he looked consistent all weekend. He looked quick in that car all weekend. Yeah, far far outpacing Tordoff. Yep. Uh, who who you would expect to be the faster driver? Yeah, I don't think he's got any championship credentials, but I think he's going to certainly have a few more podiums this mm. year for sure. For yeah. Sure. So, what did you make of the weekend as a whole? And that's the three races uh, tied up. We'll look at the championships in a moment, but the, the, my, my main thought of the weekend was that Oliphant was with Turkson all weekend, which mm-hmm. is interesting. For yeah, a, and whether it's whether it's the new car. Um, whether it's oh, I don't know. He says he sets the car up differently to the other two drivers. So he's got a completely different racing style, doesn't he? Yes. Um, so it will be interesting to see how he goes on to race at Donington. Yep. Um, I'll see a car that probably is a little better suited, being slippier in a straight line. Donington's yep. a faster track. Yep. But you've got to have that rear stability going down the craners. You do indeed. Should we look at the championships then? Yep. So Cook currently leading from Chilton. Very um, consistent weekend for him. Yeah. Both, both the top drivers. Cook made the car made the car work. Simple yeah. as that. And he, uh, he could be a he could be a dark horse in this championship. I, I, think. I think he could be definitely top six. Yeah, we'll come to our predictions for the we'll close our predictions rather. But yeah, he could certainly be a dark horse in this championship. Consistency has always been his problem. Yeah. On that basis, on this, if he does that every week, he'll certainly be up there. Mm. I think what's really interesting as, as well, actually, before we run through the actual uh, order of the championship, is that you look at it, and 22 drivers have scored points. 21 drivers, 21. sorry, have scored yeah. points out of a possible 30. Yeah. It's In the first be, race weekend. It's going to be a competitive weekend. And you yeah. look at the, the people that haven't scored points. Card Collard, will score points. Tordoff. Tordoff will score Matt points. Simpson. Will score points. You know, so there's another three at least to score points I think Hamilton showed decent pace mm. at the weekend, so he could quite easily score points as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think even the MGs will, I have to say. I think they're, they're so slow all weekend, I have to say. I'm going to go against that. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm going to make the first prediction, which is all drivers that have started the season will yep. score points. Okay. okay. Uh, obviously, drivers coming in, they may not, um, but I think all drivers that have started the season will score points. Fair enough. I'm not convinced the MGs look terrible. Um, <laughs> they really do. They look so... I mean, they were slow 10 years ago. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. They're not particularly got... With the greatest respect, they've not exactly got a stellar team there either. Rob Smith and... Sam Osborne. Yeah, two... Drivers that we never... Haven't heard much of. No, so... I, yeah, I don't want to rule them out already, but mm. I'm ruling them out already. Um, so, yeah, the top three... Cook... Children Jelly, the the three most consistent drivers of the weekend. Obviously, well, Jelly had done so well considering he started the first race from the back of the grid. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Rory Butcher up there, consistent this weekend, scored points in every race. Every race. Every think, race. Yeah. yeah. Which is, is what you need in the championship. So Honda lead the way in the manufacturers slash constructors, of course. Um, with BMW. With BMW, no surprise there. Subaru up there as well, only five points behind. Already a gap growing, isn't there? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Already a 30-point gap where Toyota next down. Um, well, obviously, Tom only running that one yeah. car this year. I wouldn't expect to see much from them this season. No, nor me. In terms of the team standings, it's BTC Racing at the top. Uh, good weekend for both uh, Cook and Smiley. We've not mentioned much, but no. a consistent weekend from him. Yeah, had a good final race, got up into the points. Uh, Shredded Wheat second with Cobra AMD Sport, basically Roy Butcher getting them there. Yeah. Uh, in terms of the independent drivers, Josh Cook obviously leads that as leading the title as well, so we won't go through that particularly. Independent teams, again, BTC Racing, no surprise there. The Jack Sears Trophy, so this is for newcomers, uh, oh, so not newcomers, people who've never had a podium yeah. in the touring cars. Led by Rory Butcher, who's now an <laughs> eligible for next season, so good for him to get yeah. his maiden podium, top stuff for him. Uh, Bobby Thompson, third, with Tom Oliphant, who I can't believe hasn't got a podium. I know. But there's one coming this year, isn't there? Oh, For most sure. definitely, sure. certainly in that car. Yeah. Um, and possibly a race win? Yeah, I think so. Quick prediction, I think Olyphant wins the Jackson Sears trophy this season. It, Won by Camish um, last year. Yes, he should do, depending on team orders towards the end of the season. I think he'll get enough points by then. You look um, at it, yeah. Because I, th- I think that Civic could be quite competitive. Yeah, yeah, that's fair, that's fair. And in terms of the Dunlop Forever Forward Award, this is done on most overtakes. And whilst the BTC website has not ordained to update it yet, <laughs> uh, Moffat and Jelly lead the way here with 27 overtakes yeah. each. 
So we'll do a quick weekend award part. Uh, so who was your driver of the day across all the races? Oh, Stephen Jelly for me. I know I don't like him. Gosh. But Gosh. considering where he came from, obviously excluded from qualifying, yep. due to ride height, starts at the back of the grid, fights his way up to, what, seventh? Yeah. And then consistent for the rest of the weekend. It's it's something that we haven't seen from him before. Yeah. Um, and he's promising despite how much I don't tend to don't tend to like his driving. Um, for me, it's it's boring. It's obvious. It's Josh Cook. Yeah. Top of uh, the the rankings, but a very consistent weekend. A very dominant first race win, albeit on the right tyre choice. But yeah. he still had to get through the traffic, and we know that no passing touring cars is easy. No. Unless you're putting <laughs> your indicator on Andrew Jordan looking at you. Um, but I mean, yeah, no passing touring cars is easy. He, he made it work and he was consistent. You know, he got in the points a win, a fourth, and uh, I think it was a ninth or tenth in the second race. So, yeah, he was certainly, you know, in the points. And for that car, BTC Norling, of course, have had podiums in the past, but they're not really a podium to be at the front of the grid. Oh. It looked at home at the front of the grid. It, it, did. it didn't look out of place at uh, all. I think that new shape Civic this year will do them wonders. And the, t- and the uh, sharing dynamics can only be a oh, good yeah. thing for them. Uh, your surprise performance of the day, Sam. Um, so this, for me, has to go to Bobby Thompson. Okay. First race, going nicely up the grid, in the car he's used to, obviously. Yes, he picked the right tyre, but also to go and set the fastest lap as yeah. well. Um, had a decently consistent weekend, something that we probably haven't seen from him before. Yeah. Um, and yeah, a name we haven't really seen up there in the points before. No, fair enough. Um, until race three, it was, it was Hill for me, but then he would made no surprise in making a silly <laughs> move and, and ruin that for himself. So I'm actually going to go with Rory Butcher. Um, yeah. I didn't I didn't see him get the podium this weekend, I have right. to say. We came into this weekend. I didn't see him get a points finish in... Did he get points finish in all the races? I think he did, actually. Yes, he did. I mean, that's pretty impressive. I know that he's always had the ability, if not the car, but considering he's in a brand new car, mm-hmm. again, testing limited, I thought he was magnificent this weekend. Um I say I don't think he's going to be in the midst of a championship battle, but I think he's going to have a very, very solid season. On on the contrary, however, his teammate is my underperformer of the weekend. Uh, Sam Tordoff had a poor race one, obviously yep. pulled off with either mechanical or damage, and then didn't score points all weekend. No, a very which in the touring cars you need to you need to score points every weekend to yes. be competitive. You do, you do. Um, what about yours? Probably Matt Simpson. The fact that we haven't mentioned him at all. Mm. Yeah, a person that is now an experienced touring car driver. Yeah. In a good car. Yeah. Um, we didn't mention him at all. He no. didn't do anything this weekend. I was a bit surprised. I wasn't expecting him necessarily to be winning races, but points finishes is what yeah. I expect from for Simpson in most mm. races. Um, Blundell was another for me underperform. I know he's new to the championship, but it's a new way of racing. He's an experienced driver and he just didn't seem to look at home at all. It's going to take a lot for him, I think, to get I think, to the speed I think of this. he's going to need to get more aggressive. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, um, to be up there with the other drivers. Yeah, I'd agree. So, yeah, it's a bit harsh perhaps to put him as a debutant. Uh, although, on the same vein, Robot really disappointed me this weekend. I had high, high hopes in the season. I was anticipating perhaps even a podium at some point. Yeah. Um, because he, he owned the Clio's. He was season. so quick in you the Clio's. I know it's a huge step up to throw cars, yeah. don't get me wrong. But. I wasn't expecting such a poor. He, he always looked nervy. Just mm. the, the pit, the pit incident yeah. with Chilton in particular. He looked nervy. He didn't look at home. Yeah, in, 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 you've got to remember the same weekend that Crease made his debut and looked absolutely at home in the mm. in the field. He did. Yeah, looked like he'd been there for years. Mm. Can't say the same for Owen Bottom. Well, after a mixed weekend of races mm-hmm. um, I'm going to push you for your predictions for the championship we're going to go outright winner here or outright winner yeah um, obviously constructors independence Jack Sears constructors should be fairly easy yeah. um, independence less so I think yeah um, and then Jack Sears trophy as well well so Jack Sears because that's for me the easiest I think it's going to be uh, Tom on a fan I think that at the end of the day the resources in that team will, will count in their favour Butcher will be up there don't get me wrong but I think Oliphant's going to take that this season we've seen that Camish took it last year and I think yeah. a big reason that was because of the consistency he was able to show mm. in a consistent car with a consistent team 
Um, so yeah, all the fans for me for that one. Uh, for me, it will. I think it will be Rory Butcher, but only just. Okay. I think it will come down to back at Brands last okay. race weekend, okay. um, purely because uh, I don't know. There's a lot of team orders that go on with BMW. Yes. And with having a new car as well, I think they're going to have one duff weekend. But they're also going to want to win, win the constructors, so they're not going to want they to sacrifice Oliphant too much. So, um, but I, I just think Butcher will have more consistency than Oliphant. Fair enough. Uh, independent teams. This is difficult. It's very difficult. Team shredded wheat. Uh, yeah, Chilton's going to be up there but, in the championship fight, I think. But Jackson might be. But Jackson's going to put that out there now. Yeah, he's. I don't think Jackson's quick enough. No. I would rule out Cobra Sport AMD because yeah. Tornoff's had a poor weekend, yes, but he won't have a poor weekend every weekend, I shouldn't have thought. No. And they should be quick all season. I wouldn't rule those out. Um, but then Cook and Smiley together in a yeah, team I think in B- that Civic. Yeah, I think BTC Racing have gone up a gear. They, bit- they could just pull away in the independence. Yeah, I think I think so. I'm going to go yeah. BTC Racing. So oh, I I say, it wouldn't surprise me if Tornoff and Butcher up there but I think the data share, they've got a dynamics as well, that can only help them. Uh, independent drivers, um, of course we lost Tom Ingram from this this year, so he's mm. not a independent technically. Uh, I think Chilton will win this one overall, I have to say. I think he's going to be up there with my later, prediction later on, with the big one. Mm. So I think Chilton will, will wrap this one up this year. Yeah, I, I think I have to agree with you there. Uh, Josh Cook will probably finish second. Um, I don't know, Moffat and... Um, Morgan will be there or thereabouts coming into the season it's going to be tight in the yeah. independence yeah it will be it will be um, um, but yeah I think that yeah Chilton or Cook but don't rule out Morgan or Moffat either um, I think they're the four strongest in this field I have to say although Tordoff's down there in 12th Tordoff didn't have a particularly good season last year though did he let's be honest no you know, he didn't set the world on fire or indeed the track so <laughs> um, no I think those those four are the strongest in that group um I'm, I don't think Jake Hill will have a, as good a weekend as the Brands for a while. I think things went no. for him this weekend, yeah. if I'm being perfectly honest. In terms of the teams, it's a bit pointless doing this in the sense that BTC race at the top of the moment, but I think Team BMW will win it oh, because they team, it'll be Team BMW or Halford Juassa. Yeah. Or possibly uh, Subaru, possibly. But it'll be one of those three that have got two cars that will be I at the front. I think BMW are going to be up there. Yeah. Um, possibly Halford Juassa just because they've got two top quality drivers yeah. whereas Jordan's sort of like that extra bit to Team BMW in terms of the manufacturers um, it's Honda or it's BMW flip a coin I mean, I think it's it's going to have to be BMW for me probably for the three cars yeah probably actually does, uh, Jack, does Jordan's count towards BMW does it yeah I believe so oh, okay then, then yeah I would have thought so okay so the big one driver who will be lifting the big trophy at the end of the season I don't think Turkington will retain it no I don't think so either um, yes the BMW is quick in the dry but as you say there, there are difficulties that they have in the wet Oh, it's tough I'm it's going to be very tight and I think it will go down to the last race I think it will I'm going to surprise you with mine ok I'm going for Tom Chilton ok he's going to be up there yeah. I think if you were to, if I was to bet my own money, I would probably go Chilton. But if you were to give me a free bet, I'm going Ashley Sutton. Really? Yeah. Not Andrew Jordan. Because mm. oh. he he was my yeah. other yeah. he was my other question. He's had a solid first weekend. I think seems to be at home with the new BMW. Yeah. I don't think we're going to have a new winner. I think it's going to be as in it's going to be someone that's won it before. I yeah. think it's going to be Sutton or Jordan. I think Chilton is very quick. I think that car isn't when you compare it to the other mm. two. It's strong at brands. I that car always has a couple of duff weekends. Yeah, Rocking used to be one where they always used to fall apart slightly. Yeah. yeah, I don't think they'll be competitive at every track. Where I think that the Subaru, whilst the Subaru might not be competitive at every track, Sutton will be, mm. and I think the BMW will be as well. So yeah, Jordan or Sutton for me. Okay, I'd well, love to see Cook do it. I'd absolutely. Oh I'd, yeah, I'd love to see Josh Cook do it. I've got a lot yeah. of time for him. I think he's a fantastic driver. It looks a bit like the comedian Tim Key as well, which is a little <laughs> bit disconcerting. Um, but yeah, I, I'd love Cookie to do it. Out of the drivers then in the championship, are there any surprise winners? What, to get a race, race win? winners? Obviously we had 17 yeah, winners okay. last year, the highest that we've had in touring car history. I think that'll be beaten this year. Who's going to surprise you with a the win then? I think 
It's a stretch to say surprise. I think Rob Collard will get a win. I was thinking Rob Collard as well. It shouldn't be a surprise. No. But because of the various bits and pieces that happened, yeah. uh, perhaps Collard. Um, I think that we'll get a surprise win from the Team Hard guys. I'm not sure which one out of Goff or Bobby Thompson, but I think Team Hard will take a win this year. I think Oliphant might get his first win Yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, I can see that happening. I'm just looking at some of the names down there. I don't see Blundell winning a race. No. I don't see Osborne. I don't see Nick Hamilton. I don't see Robottom. I don't see Simpson winning Tordoff a race. Cordoff could. Cordoff could. I don't see Smith, Jackson or Bordley winning a race. No. Uh, I'd love Michael Kreese to win a race, but I'm not sure he will. <laughs> um, I think, yeah, I think it will be Collard who gets a, a slight surprise, perhaps. Um, or more likely Goff or um, Bobby Thompson, I think. A surprise in many ways, but Jake Hill takes a win if he's if he can actually be mature enough to finish a race and get the win. Yeah. Um, because I don't think he's ever going to sit in the car and pole. No. So he's got to show. No, I don't think that Audi's got outright pace. So if Hill can be mature, then he could very well get a win, which would be a slight surprise considering the, that car. But yeah, I think. Oh, I hope Cook does it. <laughs> I know we're a long way up. I don't think I think we can rule Ingram out this year. I have to say I think that yeah. he'll will be competitive and I think he'll take a race win. I think that he's very much of the opinion that the first half of the season is testing yeah. rather than anything else, and then come back stronger next year with two cars yeah. and try and dominate. Well, it's been a very exciting opening first round at yes. Brands. Um, obviously, Donington on twenty seventh and twenty eighth, um, which we are both looking forward to as all of you probably will be my birthday weekend yeah makes it even better doesn't it yeah. are you coming to mine to watch it this time you're not allowed to watch it here uh, yeah probably <laughs> <laughs> that'll be cake ok well we look forward to seeing you after the uh, Donington review show until then feel free to get in touch with us the socials are following uh, and we'll see you soon bye bye remember to subscribe follow and also share our podcast for more touring car updates You can also find us on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook by just searching for BTCP, British Touring Car Podcast. And you can also contact us there or on our email at btccpod at gmail.com.